30 seconds, reality as you know it will cease to exist. In its place, you will find a new dimension, identical to the one you've left behind, only slightly better. Take a deep breath and open your mind to the magic within you. This is no ordinary podcast. This podcast is with Richard If you're listening to this, the magic found you. Welcome, friend, to This Podcast is a Ritual. I'm your wizard, Devin Person. And in today's episode, we're going to learn how to reconcile our differences with special guest Christopher Carr. Christopher is a photographer, MC, founder of Brooklyn Wildlife, and the co-founder of Gambazine and the Brooklyn DIY space, Gamba Forest, which is where we recorded this conversation. Chris also happens to call himself a wizard, which makes him the first other wizard guest on this podcast. I asked Chris why it is that he was drawn to the term wizard, and he said, because the human body is an instrument of energy conduction and alchemy. I implement the power of words and sounds, as well as transformation of space and time energy. Which is a cool take on being a wizard. That being said, he doesn't wear a pointy hat or flowing robes like I do, which I think makes him a, a perfect conversational sparring partner for today's topic of reconciling our differences. Let's make some magic. Welcome to Ritual Space. I'm here with Chris Carr, who is another wizard living in 2018 in Brooklyn, New York, and runs is, is half of Gamba. Correct, correct. Gamba the Forest, Gamba the Magazine. Yes, yes, yes. And is a wonderful, wonderful gentleman who's had me here to perform yes. a ritual before, and I figured it would be an excellent part of this ritual as we get it going. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So we're going to get started with uh, the magic word for today. Uh, my magic word will be peace. Peace. Yes. Great. So for everyone that's listening throughout time and space... Tuning into the vibrations of this conversation, we're all going to say the magic word. One, two, three. Peace. peace. Oh, I felt that. Yes, peace. There we go. And we're talking about peace because the theme for today is reconciliation and how to how to balance divisive and opposing forces. Yes, yes. And it's something that I think personal importance to me, but I see is evident socially a concept or maybe a topic that isn't necessarily discussed there seems to be a concept very prevalent that if there's conflict one has to outweigh the other in mm -hmm. order to resolve it or there has to be a winner or loser or it has to be a dominant or submissive and I'm interested in this concept of how do you reconcile opposing energies forces arenas of thought without removing either one how do you allow space for multiple things to exist at once mm -hmm. and it's tough because in, a, in real life we have the reality of if someone is a physical threat to other people or have hurt people in the past 
do you then have a responsibility to protect people in the future? Mm-hmm. Or is there are there people you should in a way ostracize from your community in efforts to protect your community? When are you justified in responding to a threat that can't be ignored versus when is that response just making things worse and exactly. perpetuating the same cycle and the solution isn't going to be pushing, it's going to be something else. Yeah, and, and as a community, it's it's to understand the, the breadth of how the human experience ends up presenting itself immediately leads me to we are going to be around people that are not going to like us, mm-hmm. are not going to do the things we like, are not going to believe the things we believe, and isn't that okay? And to a certain extent it is, but you get into, let's say, politics. A person will say, well, sure, it's fine if you want to believe in a different political perspective until you tell me I can or can't have a gun. Right. Or until you tell me that my body becomes property of the state. So how can you have both these opposing ideologies exist in the same place? It's very difficult to reconcile. How, how can we let live when one side is like, you're going to step on my toes over here, and the other side's like, you're going to step on my toes over here, and so everyone just keeps it... Right. Keeps being aggro because they're worried that if they stop, they're going to lose their space. Yeah, and it's somewhat justified in the sense of if if I have a personal experience... I tend to see that as more valid than other people's. Yeah. When I'm looking at another person's perspective and I can't even see them as human or I can't even see them as having the legitimacy to have that opinion, then how are we ever going to communicate through it? How are we going to find a way to live together even though we have opposing ideas? And and so let's say for me as a, a black person, how can I live in an environment where I am around people who would say, there's no such thing as state-sponsored violence. Anyone who believes in racism is stuck in the past. I don't see color. For me, that's like dangerous. Like If yeah. I'm not aware of state-sponsored violence against certain people, I could be harmed by the state. On the other hand, do I it's need... It's not an abstract argument for you. Right. It's, it's something it's, that it's affects your life and your person, present. and so you need to respond to it. Right. But if people don't believe that, they're still in the community. Do I then avoid them? Do I talk trash about them on the internet? Do I try to have conversations with them do i ignore them there are all these ways we get presented with managing that conflict and very few are how do you come to understanding how do you come to a a balance of we believe different things but that isn't going to cause us to want to harm each other you know that that awareness of on a human level our difference in idea our difference in lifestyle our difference in a number of things doesn't have to lead to violence, conflict, or like an imposition of will. And that's that's tough for me because I kind of grew up in an academic environment to where being smarter than people mattered. Mm-hmm. Like arguing and like proving you were right mattered. Or Which like, is another sort of this competition. Yeah. You could have gangs or people arguing over square footage of like physical retail, but then you can also have that in academia where people are pushing their theories so aggressively that they're trying to say that this is the way forward and not that. Yeah. And and I find that in a number of arenas. In making music, you hear these discussions of what's real hip-hop, what's not. You know? <laughs> you in, in, like, every facet of my life, I'm around people who have such vastly different opinions that they can't be in the same room sometimes. Hip- but I, I just want to pause real quick and jump in because the hip-hop thing is so funny to me where it's so boiled into hip-hop's DNA, this idea of, like, 
questioning its own authenticity constantly. Yeah. There's always sort of the one group that's succeeding and they're just making money and selling rap records and then there's another group that sees themselves as more on the outside and their job is to talk about what real hip hop is and uh, so keep the hold the truth. It's it's funny. You bring up a topic that people would not n- normally like relate to what I'm going to say, but when I was in grad school, I was doing a project on the ideological construction of orthodoxy and heresy and how do you develop ideas of tradition orthodoxy um what is right versus what is theoretically wrong and being heretical and are the heretics the people that just won't follow the rules are they the people who break all the rules are they the people who have no respect for authority uh or in some cases are they the people that are just trying to do it the way they used to Mm -hmm. and what you find is like in a lot of cases what Martin Luther was doing was saying the church should be the way it used to be. Before you all did this and that, let's take it back to this. When you look at the Waldensians, the Albigensians, da da da, Knights of Templar, all of them had this weird thing of actually being pretty traditional mm-hmm. while disrupting the system. And within hip hop, you find this constant element of people saying, what is the real hip hop? What is the yeah. orthodox? What is the way we're supposed to do it? And it changes, it's so fluid. And you have another group of people that are like, hey, this is how it's supposed to be. This is a natural flow and evolution. It's still real, you know? And then you have other people that are like, yo, it's business. So you guys right. need to stop that <laughs> whole conversation. Like, whatever sells, we'll sell it. Or they're you like, know? please keep having that conversation. We're going to sell tickets and we'll, we'll, we'll make money on both sides. Yeah, and so, like, I, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated in how do we get to a place of understanding. Like, right now, with the, the Supreme Court thing, I'm not interested in trying to say who's right or wrong. What I'm watching is... Here, let me, let me just jump in and provide context because we try and be accessible to a, a long listener base that's yeah. not always in our current time. So the year is 2018. It's October, and there's currently a battle around uh, Supreme Court uh, Justice. Uh, Brett, is that his name? Brett. Brett Kavanaugh yeah. uh, is accused of assaulting a woman when he was in high school, and it's become a very divisive issue that is tearing... Uh, Republicans and Democrats even further apart than we thought possible. Yeah, and it's it's interesting in that the the actual question of like, all right, did this person assault somebody? Turns into a proxy for so many other social fights that never have been resolved or reconciled. And so instead of it being about did this woman get attacked? Did this man attack that woman? Is this woman unjustly making claims on this man? It, da, da, da. it turns into, I, as a person, have been hurt. And this is an identifier and symbol of something that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, you then see men saying, throughout history, we get accused of things that we never did. And instead of it being about this, it turns into their personal trauma and their fears mm-hmm. that then are like the the front end of their argument and you get people now using this particular case to have their own personal kind of cathartic moments right their own personal moments to be able to say things they never did before and i wonder what would happen if we were able to reconcile our issues when they happen what it was able to what it what it's supposed to happen when we we are so built up of our previous trauma our previous anger that Anything sets us right into that path. Yeah. And I'm watching people that work together in community fighting in real life over internet posts. Yep. 
I'm watching people in real life who are friends and who who are not enemies of each other because of something missaid or something misunderstood now having you know huge rifts in their friendships yeah and I'm wondering how do we get to a place where a person can say I've been hurt this reminds me of the pain I've experienced can you respect that and another person say yes I can respect that you also have to understand I didn't have your experience this was my experience can you respect that and neither one is invalid totally I think if we like let me try and explain it this way if we think about the idea of volume so conversations like this could have a volume and it goes from one to a hundred but they can also be about any subject irregardless of volume the same way you can play volume you know you can play different music at different volumes you can blast country you can blast metal it's different I think that at certain points in an argument people's volume turns up to where it's causing damage it doesn't matter which side you're on and who I agree with in the situation you are combating in a way that is not an open dialogue right. and you're just trying to destroy someone else and you're not trying to work on empathy in any way and so that argument is fucked right because the other side can try and match you at that volume or they can decrease their own and then be drowned out which is what everyone's afraid of happening they're like if i don't fucking go toe to toe with this friend in this facebook post then all of these bad things in the world are happening because it's like on my shoulders and they have to they feel like they have to push back so yeah. strong when at the end of the day you guys are friends on Facebook like yeah. and, and and in real life and in the sense of we live in a city we're living in New York City there are over 8 million people it, it literally as I walk down the street there's someone that believes the universe was created in six days. Oh, totally. Right next to them is a person that's an atheist. Right yep. next to them is someone who believes in Hinduism. Right next to them is... And it would be impossible for me to expect all of them to agree on each other's beliefs. Yeah. Yet when it comes to certain things in our contemporary time, it's like, if you don't say this, it means you hate women. Right. If you say this, it means you're a racist. Yeah. If you say this, and it's so quick to apply these huge terms and a whole lot of weight to individuals that it, where it's social weight mm -hmm. and I'm I'm really in my own personal life trying to reconcile the fact of I work with artists from all backgrounds in the sense of uh, you name where they're from what they do who they date how they present it, there's not a single thing that I would be like oh you're what you can't be a part of Brooklyn Wildlife you can't yeah. do our shows uh, but I still run into issues of as a as an individual when I go out and I'm treated certain ways, and it falls into the history or pattern of how people of color are treated in America, I speak on it publicly, and people assume I'm being conflictual. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to figure out how to be myself, how to present what I observe and reflect what I observe, but in a way where people still get the end goal is always rehumanization. Yes. The end goal is always reconciliation. The end goal is is not to hurt other people or to attack other people or to make other people have the trauma that either culturally has been experienced or personally. Um, but how do you in, in when you're in that moment and you're upset, mm -hmm. how do you then do that? And and do you owe yourself the ability to sometimes get mad about things and and get it out so then you're not five years later still sitting there with heat inside you. Right. Uh, and so these are things that I don't have an answer to. You said like think of a topic where you might not have an answer. I could get in, I could have brought up certain. Oh, things I definitely about. wanted you. To, you don't have an answer. Where are we going with this? Yeah, I definitely. You, now this is like cereal. <laughs> now, now this is everyone's gonna be mad that we don't have an answer. It's like, but but I think it's a. 
it's something that's just occupying so much of my 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 being at this point and trying to figure out that that balance. It's on it's on the mind right now. Like there's so many of us that I think are dealing with the same thoughts. I I read this Chinese science fiction book recently called Three Body Problem and it starts off in the cultural revolution. So in China in I guess the 60s when there were all of these young kids like fanatical youth whipped up to take part in the cultural revolution who started fighting with each other. So literally red guards against red guards and they're in the middle of this chaos and everyone's turning on the academics and they're bringing them into the town square for struggle sessions where literally like high school kids are screaming, you know, you're teaching Western lies, like fuck you. And then often the crowd ends up beating the people to death. And so this character is this academic and, you know, he's like the father of the hero of the story or whatever. So, you know, it's just a creative thing. But his response is just being so calm. Like, when they're screaming, you know, Einstein lies, this is Western imperialism, like, you're trying to deceive us. He's like, no, this is true. You know, here's a question to you. You've got to go with this. And I think that kind of, you know, they end up killing him. Like, they end up beating him to death. (laughs) But I think that might be the way is what you were saying about orthodoxy versus heretics of being willing to step away from the dogma and just be I don't care if everyone yells at me I'm just going to say what I have to say quietly and just let you know that like I see that you're a human this is my experience yeah yeah. I mean if you have enough time with people or if communities have enough time it seems like that is always the best case scenario when I think of concepts of revolution I've had discussions with certain people they're like yo you have to deal with violence by utilizing violence as a tool and what I ask is and then what so you push back and then in most cases when a violent regime is replaced it's replaced by even more violent regime by an unstable violent regime yeah you know if it's done by force and how do you end up with any of that reconciliation if you've been brutalized then you brutalize the next person now, we know that cycle. If you are able to see a commonality in something other than being brutal to each other, is that a starting point? If we're able to see possible mistakes of previous decision makers, is that a starting point? I, I, I don't know what it's going to take, but the concept of you're going to punch your way out, mm-hmm. like you're going to fight your way into peace, right? is... is just nonsensical to me and the concept that well you have to have violence and conflict I don't know if I accept that I know that's what post-colonial American ideology will tell you and it looks like when you walk out amongst nature but actually not really so many animals avoid fighting each other in real life so many animals if they're not starving like hungry 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 and they haven't been taught to be brutal to each other and they're not sick uh, you don't mess with their babies animals tend to like kind of do their thing I mean animals are caught in a web of codependence that often involves eating each other but they don't enslave each other you know like no animal just totally subjugates another one and says we're going to keep you in misery right And, and so I think there are concepts that we can relearn in the sense of what you said earlier with empathy and the sense of being able to distance yourself if I don't live in Arkansas I mean, and I know people are probably going to be upset, but I don't live in Arkansas. And there's some town where people want to tell their kids they can't have abortions. 
I get why people don't want people to make decisions about abortion and about their bodies and da da da. Mm -hmm. Am I going to fight with my friends in New York who I live with about this fantasy group of people in Alabama or Arkansas or wherever, where why would I be able to tell them what to do? Do I want them to be able to tell me what to do? And so how do I reconcile? I want the freedom to be able to go outside and say, post-colonial America has a history of, and say it, then that means someone else can go outside and be like, long live the South, dog, put up Confederate statues. And how do you reconcile that? Because that is the reality of different people's experiences. Well, liberalism gets crapped on a lot these days, and that's kind of the the cool lefty, you know, oh, neoliberal, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, neoliberalism is not great. (laughs) But liberal as a word historically was about the idea of we should all have these freedoms. Like, even someone I don't agree with, you know, the ACLU will defend the Ku Klux Klan if someone's trying to illegally block them from having a parade. And I don't know. I think when you go in the other direction and you just think, you know, aggression deserves amplified aggression, you end up on, it's like a circle. And the sides that think they're the most far away from each other are actually bosom buddies. And it's us that are trying to balance out the other side of, of being chill. And I'm working on how to, how to engage in a conversation, right? Not totally distance myself. If I think about things I've read in terms of like Buddhist monks or, or some of the um, more ascetic mm-hmm. traditions, at a certain point, someone was making a comment. It was like, yeah, it's amazing that you can find this peace and austerity and connection with the planet. But can you do that while in the struggle? Right. Like, can you do it without removing yourself from the temptations, without removing yourself from the other people that muddle it? Can you do this while being in relationships Mm -hmm. that grow and change in big cities? And so I almost think that's a a reframing of like, all right, do do we have to remove ourselves from all conflict to be happy? Do we need in a certain way as our like kind of experiential growth to learn to navigate Th- these differences we gotta be in the world yeah and and I could see why people like to avoid that but I also it's unavoidable it seems right. it's hard the middle path is hard it's easier to I think quit drinking entirely than it is to be the person that used to black out at parties but now is able to drink at a reasonable level it's yeah. it's easy I think I, mean, I don't think it's easy I would have a hard time with it but being a monk is a very drastic decision that simplifies a lot of other things whereas trying to be in the world but embody at least some of those values it's every minute of the day trying to figure out what you're doing yeah yeah. I I find that definitely the case when it comes to social circles Mm -hmm. and political ideology and acceptance it's really easy for me to say that I'm accepting of everybody if everyone's the same. Right, if it's homogenous. Yeah, yeah. And, and whether it's in thought or like when people speak of diversity, it's not always about, well, is there a black person there, a Chinese person, a white, or any of these things. Yeah. It turns into... A kid in a wheelchair, it's like the whole Burger King Kids Club yeah. of diversity. It's more like, what, is there diversity of thought? Is there diversity of experience? Is there diversity of actual, like, like action, like being? Mm-hmm. Are we accepting that like some people are never going to do your marches? Yeah. Some people are never going to read all the books. Some people are not going to be, you know, Martin Luther King. And on the other hand, there are going to be some people that have what looks to be crazy ideas. Yeah. There are going to be some people that see the world before it turns into it and want to motivate that into being. And is all of that 
given space, are we able to then in our mind see that all that is a product of the human creativity and, and human spirit and be able to find commonality, I think. And trust that if we love everyone and we give everyone open space to share their ideas, that naturally the best ideas will rise up and take power instead of thinking that we have to fear the bad ideas so much that we'll create an environment that's very hostile towards ideas that are different than ours and we're constantly trying to stamp them out and then that's kind of what we were trying to avoid in the first place. I This is an arena that's difficult for me I think because of of my very clear personal bias and historical kind of at least in my lifetime not in the lifetime of humanity of saying when you're in a minority group someone else's bad idea can get turned into activity really quickly and some really really good ideas can be dismissed without anyone even talking about them and so I could see why at times you get these standstills or you get these like very fear-based reactions because if I'm in an environment to where everything is equal and someone suggests something and they're, you know, 19, 20 people in the room or something and, you know, three people believe this, four people believe that, three people believe, and it's kind of spread out. I'm not really afraid that as soon as I say something, it will either be dismissed or could turn into something else. Mm-hmm. But when you're in certain environments and 18 of the 20 people are all the same, yeah. One of them can say something almost flippantly, and another person there with enough power can be like, like it, let's do it. Escalate, escalate. Yeah. And then other people are trying to get that social capital and saying like, oh, you're going to take that idea this far? I'll take it this far. Yeah. And so I don't, I definitely don't like the concept of limiting discussion. You know, I've, I've questioned the history of how people understand evolution. And only because I'm saying there has been no scientific proof of this pre- ape there mm-hmm. there's no proto primate that they found yet that turns into everything i do get the idea of species differentiation i do get the idea of genetic mutation i know what darwin wrote about i don't go that way with me but as soon as i said that there were people who were like you're anti-science you're worse than the blah 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 if people don't believe in science that's how mm-hmm. and they just started listing like horrible you know catastrophic event, events in humanity and i'm sitting there like wait how did me saying that I don't have proof for a theory, because it is a theory, turn into I don't believe science and I'm trying to bring about, you know, catastrophe to humanity? How, how do we go so hard? Like, how do we jump? How are you that afraid of me questioning the scientists? It's an immune response. It's people worried that if that germ gets out, it's going to spread and then we'll be back in the dark ages. And that's just, I guess it's baffling to me. It I, goes against the orthodoxy. I... I <laughs> It's just like, out of all the things in the world right now, random person in Brooklyn asking, not even stating that I know, but just asking, why do we believe some of these things? When I was a younger man, my friend and I were traveling, and the one argument we got into on our two-month trip was over him saying that dragons were definitely not real, and me saying, we, didn't, we can't prove definitively that there were never dragons. And, you know, that small thing turned into the one, you know, point of contention. Because it was just that invisible barrier that we weren't willing to let go. Uh, So, we talked a lot about these issues, and I think we've got a good feel for it. But, as wizards, we're proactive. Yes. And so, I think it's time to come up with a spell that will help us move to a slightly better reality that you and I are going to commit to doing. So, we're not going to come up with some 
shit like a new age self-help book and then we don't do it. Right, right, right. We're just going to give you homework. Now we're going to do this. We're going to commit. And then you as the audience, if you want to participate, can figure this out along and see what changes in your life. So what do you think, Chris? I'd like to uh, do a stop and breathe one. Okay. Like uh, just tell myself like stop, take three breaths. Just breathe, we'll figure it out. And just, that will be my, for the next however long it stays with me, <clears throat> when faced with situations when I feel like I'm not able to reconcile it, or I'm getting frustrated, or I'm, the volume and amplitude is going up high when it shouldn't. Yeah. This would be mine, I'll stop, take three breaths. Just breathing. Just keep breathing. Great. That'll be mine. In those moments of conflict, just sort of taking taking a step back. Yeah. And for myself. Not yeah. to tell the other person conflict. No. But for myself. Melissa? We're recording a podcast. And just doing our last ritual. Are you going to do it with us? Hello. You want to come in for the final moment? You're going to do our final moment? No, just come in. Just come, come in. Well, we had that close to avoid sound from our side. But come on in and do our last piece with us. Huh? Come on in. Yeah. Okay. So, for the near future, when faced with conflict or uh, when I feel like there's something I can't reconcile instead of getting frustrated or just trying to push through it, I will tell myself, stop, take three deep breaths, and say, keep breathing. Can you do that with me? Okay. Let's do it. All right. All right. Three deep breaths. Wait, we have to wait. Hold on. We have to have a moment of conflict first. So I'm going to go ahead and just say on the record, I'm not entirely sure I know what you're talking about with this evolution not being a real thing, but I trust that you've got your own... Uh, you're, you're a smart guy, and so I trust that you're thinking what you want to think, but we can have this conflict, but we can just chill with it. We're going to yeah. take three deep breaths. Take three, three deep breaths. Okay. Keep breathing. Yeah. Like that song. Keep breathing. Keep, keep breathing. Yeah. I didn't remember that. Yeah. I just was picturing two bros in front of a bar, like, doing that, you know, like, chest bumping kind of thing, where they're, like, gonna get in a fight, but, like, probably not. Right, right. And if one of them just in the middle of that was just, like, ugh! I mean, it would definitely change the vibe. It would change the vibe. It would, it would de-escalate. Yeah. I mean, I've seen things similar to where like two people are really amped something happens and one of them realizes like what are we doing yeah and then all of a sudden like their ability to just de-escalate yeah can get other people to be like yeah wait I don't I don't care doing? anymore I don't want this yeah. this fight is dumb yeah, yeah let's 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 not do that all right well thank you for thank for you. being here great I feel like we reconciled great differences and uh, are creating a slightly better reality one one deep breath at a time I hope so I hope so and uh to anyone hearing this in the future, in the past, and no one from the past is hearing this. We might be able to do something. <laughs> See? I was See? just talking to my grandmother. I don't know.
No. So next next episode we might have to discuss uh, iso. What is it? Um, isomolecular teleportation. But that's for another discussion. Next time. All right. In the future, yeah. or perhaps the past. All right. Thanks, All Chris, right. for coming Thank on. You. And thus we close the circle and bring this portion of the ritual to a close. I hope you've enjoyed our discussion with Christopher about how to reconcile our differences. Clearly a very, very thorny issue at this point in the year 2018 as social media rends us apart and we struggle to come back together. If you'd like to know more about Chris's work, you can find him online at bkwildlife.com or gambazine.com. This has also been the first episode of this podcast as a ritual in terms of chronological time in which it was recorded. This is the very first thing that I recorded for this ritual. So that means that everything gets better from this point. So hopefully you enjoyed it. And if you'd like to become a full participant in the ritual and get all of the magic you need to make your own reality slightly better, please join us at patreon.com slash this podcast is a ritual. Until next time, this is Devin Person saying, I believe in you. Your magic is real. <laughs>